What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Before we kick off the Mavs offseason with this week's episode, just wanted to thank you all so much for coming in and supporting us every single week. And I wanted to give a quick reminder to anyone who might be listening on Apple Podcasts, if y'all could just take maybe 10 seconds before you listen or even after the episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out, and we really appreciate it. But And as always, be sure to contact either myself at Dalton underscore Trigg or our pod account at Step Back Mavs on Twitter if you have any questions regarding this upcoming free agency period or the draft or potential trades, anything of that nature. Hit us up and it might be discussed on the pod. Thanks. Hi, this is Donnie Nelson and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Like yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Gap on your team head, I ain't talking heads, dang, I relax, still at a champ, defense still coming with the Calibus flow, the man's the best on the flow, I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the GOAT, this game get cold, yeah, you might How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg, joined, as always, by my co-host and Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, how you doing on this fine Thursday evening? Uh, good, just been packing up. Um, uh, about to go on a hunting trip here in nice. about, oh, I don't know. What is it? About 12 hours. Um, so looking forward to that. I mean, not really a hunting trip. Like we're going to a ranch and we're going to shoot some guns and maybe go kill some pigs. Who knows? But, um, just get out of town for the weekend and it'll be good. Looking forward to it. Resting the mind, a nice peaceful weekend. I... And planning on doing absolutely nothing because I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Or I may have told you about it, but so I had a breaker issue at the house recently and it completely fried the refrigerator, had to wait for a new one. You know, of, of all this coronavirus stuff that's going on, you know, I sell uh, equipment utility trailers for a living and I've been telling you how like we just can't keep anything in stock. I don't know why the uh, the trailer industry is on fire the way it is, but Apparently, it's like that with everything right now. <laughs> Even when I went to, you know, buy a new refrigerator, they were just like, yeah, we, we don't have it. We're out of stock. It's going to take a couple weeks to, to get it in. But I got it, and everything's good now. So I'm not doing anything this weekend. <laughs> just going to enjoy some NBA basketball, playoff basketball. I wish I could enjoy the rest of the NBA basketball, but – I don't really have anything to pull for anymore. I hate all the teams left. And the Bucks were my last hope, and they're already down 2 nothing. So. <laughs> well, I mentioned it uh, yesterday when the Bucks went down 0-2, and you might disagree with this, with this sentiment. But, you know, ever since Dwayne Wade retired, I've really softened my stance on the Heat. 
and uh, somebody replied to me when I when I made this remark the other day. I really don't mind them anymore. I actually, I, I want to be careful saying this, but I kind of like the teams they have. And, you know, I had somebody say that, that, you know, they've always had a respectable organization and, you know, they run things the right way and all that. And I agree with all that. I think it was just a matter of, you know, it was a matter of uh, having Dwayne Wade there that just kind of <laughs> kept us from appreciating that a little bit. But how do you no, feel about I agree. that? I agree. Uh, obviously, we all know my affection for that Slovenian they have on their team. Um, but I, I just – I can't get past it still. For me, it's the Dwayne Wade thing is still too fresh. Um, so I still don't want them to win. Um, Jimmy Butler is not, you know – much better to me. I've always disliked Jimmy Butler. So, but I mean, I, I respect that you, you of all people are able to get past that. So congratulations. <laughs> well, I, it's not something I expected. I was just watching that game and I was watching them play how they were playing the Bucks and everything. And, you know, Luca's big brother, Goran Dragic, he was torching them in the first half. And I mean, I, I was just watching. I was like, you know what? I really don't mind this team. And that kind of surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. I, I mean, I I think the Bucks will probably end up making it a series. I don't think they'll win at this point, but uh, you're right. There's really no other teams to pull for unless you, like, you know, want to pull for Denver because Luka's, you know, good friends with Nikola Jokic too. So I, uh, I can't shoot Jamal Murray anymore after his Instagram story. He scarred me for life. <laughs> but um, the other thing about – watching the heat that is kind of enjoyable is uh, every time Dragic does something that is awesome and good, I I can just be like, Hey, I told you so. And then move on with my day. Yeah. And he, he's an unrestricted free agent this off season. And I saw Bobby Marks tweet something about, he's probably going to have one of like the richest one year deals ever going into <laughs> next season. Uh, because he's so good. I mean, he's somebody's going to have to give him some money, but he's also like 33 or 34 years old, so it can't be a long-term deal. So that's what they're thinking. He's going to end up getting a one-year loaded deal. Mavs probably won't have enough to sign him unless they can miraculously, you know, get him to agree to the MLE or if they make some room. But I think there's some bigger things in store this offseason for the Mavs, and that's where we'll, you know, we'll just jump into it from here. But, you know, it's officially the offseason. They can't do anything until at least draft night or right before draft night. And, well, actually on draft night because the way their pick is set up, they have to actually make the pick, and then they can trade the player if they're going to trade whoever they pick at number 18. But, anyway, it's officially the off season, and there's so many different ways the Mavs can go. And we we were thinking about it earlier today, and I was like, you know what? Let's see what the fans have to ask. Let's see what you know our listeners want to know. And so we did this. Uh, we got a lot of questions from you guys. We're just going to run through them. Uh, we're going to start with Fabian or Fabian Frey. Uh, he asked, "Do you see a team in the league?" which could take DeLon or Justin Jackson and the Mavs create more cap space? Would you give your picks away for doing so? Uh, I'll start off with this one, Matt. 
I'll say this. I'm not giving away those picks just to create space for free agency. Uh, I think that that gives that's too much potential for the Mavs to get burned. And I'm, I'm just not doing that. Now, I could see there being a team out there that would that might be willing to just take DeLon Wright uh, as a maybe a reclamation project or something like that. I don't know about Justin Jackson, even though he makes four million less per year than Wright. Uh, so that's my question. My short answer there is no, I wouldn't give up picks. But yes, I could see a team taking DeLon into their cap space over the summer. What do you think? Um, I I don't necessarily want to use picks to get rid of people. I want to use picks to acquire people. Right. Um, so I don't really foresee that. If anything, I'd like to try and get like a late second rounder for DeLon or something, like some something back in exchange. Um, if you're just trying to offload that, I don't really know how that's possible or what that would take, but um, I'm, I'm against giving any picks away to get rid of people. Um, unless you're getting something substantial return, whether it's a, uh, a very good amount of cap space, like, you know, a lot of cap space or, um, another player that you really want or a prospect or something. Yeah. Um, they're too valuable to just give away to get rid of somebody. Yeah. I, I've got bigger plans for that. If I, I already have some, uh, some players that I really like that the Mavs could draft if they keep the picks. I don't think they will, but if they do, I've got some players that I really like for those picks. And as we get closer to the draft, we're going to have uh, our guy Richard Stamen, which y'all y'all know him more by the name Mavs Draft, but we're going to have him on eventually to, you know, talk about some of these prospects. He knows a lot more about these players than we do just because he, he scouts them all throughout the year. But that'll be a good one, and we'll be, you know, more educated on these guys going into the draft. But <clears throat> moving on. Okay, so Gabriel, he asked – basically this is just a trade scenario he gave. But he, he says, Kelly Oubre for DeLon, Jay Jackson, the 18th pick. Suns need to clear cap space to sign someone that would help them more than Oubre. 18th pick would give them quite a bit of flexibility to move DeLon further. So I guess just taking DeLon and then moving him to another team, basically just a cap clearing situation for the Suns. But what would you think about that? Kelly Oubre for DeLon, Justin Jackson in the 18th pick. Um, it wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah. Uh, Seems I a like, little steep. Yeah, it, first round pick's a little steep for Oubre. Um, I don't really care what you're giving up as far as players. Um turn that into the 31st pick and I might be a little bit more inclined to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first round pick for me is, is, it's too valuable, especially considering where it is. It was at the end of the first round. That's yeah. one thing. It's right smack dab in the middle. So I think you can get better. Um, and, you know, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more as these questions keep starting to roll in, but yeah, um, that's my stance. Yeah. And then he said that, uh, he he went on to con- he he continued in a follow up tweet. Gabriel he said, Ubre in my opinion would help the Mavs, and he signed he signed only through this next season, and so he'd give the Mavs more cap flexibility in 2021 free agency. Which you know, Matt, you know my stance on 
projected cap space and all that. So, Ubre, he's a nice player. He really would help the Mavs. I'd love to have a guy like that, you know, as a as a wing option on the Mavs. But I just wouldn't give up that 18th pick for him, especially since, you know, it, it's only a one-year contract. But the free agency thing, and I, I'm not going to go too far down this, this rabbit hole because <laughs> I made a big deal out of it on Twitter the other day. But I just – I've gotten so far over that. I used to, you know – if you asked me three or four years ago or even earlier than that, like what I thought about the Mavs having a max cap slot for an upcoming summer, I would have been like, oh, man, I'm so excited. You know, we're going to chase LeBron, <laughs> Kevin Durant or somebody. Now, given what we've seen with KD going to the Warriors and, uh, you know, what what else has happened? Uh, Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat when they were capped out. I mean, if a player – and I I can't emphasize this enough, and I'm not going to go any further than saying this, but if a superstar player wants to play for your team, if Giannis Antetokounmpo decides that he wants to play for the Dallas Mavericks, he's going to play for the Dallas Mavericks. They're going to find a way to get him on the roster because that's where he wants to be. NBA superstars control their own destiny. Future cap space means absolutely nothing. 2021 cap space doesn't help the Mavs next season. And, you know, that's that's where I'm going to leave it. But, anyway. <laughs> uh, my only thing, and the only way this makes um, – would make, le- you know, legitimate sense to me, speaking on the Ubre thing, is, first of all, how old is he? Second of all – in the event that you make a trade for Giannis, maybe mid-season, when, next season when they decide, hey, I, you know, he's not coming back. We need to bail, get some stuff back. Do the Bucks see him? Do you think that the Bucks would see him as a piece where they could be like, okay, this guy still has potential? And maybe that's something good we'd like to take back. Otherwise, and I don't really see that, but otherwise, you know, I, I just can't get behind it. Yeah, and Ubre, he's 24 going on 25. So, I mean, he's still – I mean, he, he his potential, He he's getting close to being, you know, what he is, that saying he is what he is. So, he's getting close, but he's not there yet. He's not technically in his prime yet. So, there's still some room to grow there. And I haven't even – I haven't gone through all these questions. Maybe somebody has asked about Derek Jones Jr., but – that's another thing about watching the Heat. Like I kind of have, <laughs> I kind of have Derek Jones Jr. fever after watching him play defense against Giannis in that last game. And I mean, that guy—he's only 23 years old too, and he's an unrestricted free agent. The Mavs suppose—that's—that's that's supposedly what blew up the Drogic trade. They, you know, the Heat were going to give the Mavs Drogic. The Mavs really wanted Derek Jones Jr. with. Uh, Kelly Olenek attached, which Olenek, I don't have, I don't necessarily have any thoughts on him, but Derrick Jones Jr., I can see why they wanted him. And I think he'd really help the team out going forward. He'd be kind of like a Kelly Oubre esque signing if they went that route this summer. So, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, moving on. Uh, this is Glenn. He, he says, give your three best realistic trade scenarios. Uh, 
So I'll go first because I wrote about one this week. And again, it's not my first option, but it's a really good option in my opinion. And I think it's actually more realistic than say Bradley Beal or, you know, uh, who else could they trade for or Giannis trade or, you know, something like that. But Buddy Heald with the Kings, that's one of my top ones because if so people who didn't keep up with the Kings this year, Buddy Heald was benched by Luke Walton at the end of January. And his production stayed about the same. He actually, like, upped his three-point percentage coming off the bench to, like, 45% since the end of January, which was ridiculous. So, <laughs> he's coming off the bench in place of uh, Bogdanovich. But he's not happy with his role. And they, uh, the Sacramento Kings, they made it clear that Luke Walton, his job is safe going into the next season. And their top, according to reports, their top off-season priority is re-signing Bogdanovich, who's a restricted free agent. So, Which is unfortunate. Yes. So with that in mind, you have to think, and I mean a lot of people think that Buddy Heald is going to request a trade. And when he does, the Kings are under new management. You know, I highly doubt they want to deal with all that drama. If, if Buddy Heald doesn't want to be there, they're probably going to, going to go ahead and trade him but my proposal was and there's a there's a couple different ways you can go about it but if Tim Hardaway Jr. opts in you could trade Tim Hardaway Jr. a filler player which you know either send Justin Jackson back to Sacramento or you know put the line right in there and then the Kings send back another smaller salary to make the money match but anyway Tim Hardaway Jr., a filler player, and the number 31 pick as a talking point. And honestly, if they wanted the 18th pick to get that done and other options, a couple other options before that didn't work out, I would probably do that because I just think the Mavs desperately need a third guy that can get his own buckets that doesn't have to be set up. And – Buddy Heald can do that. I mean, what what are your thoughts on my on my Heald suggestion? Well, that's one of mine too. Um, I think it's a great idea. I don't I don't see any problems with it. Um, they need the shooting. They need everything that he does. Um, it's a perfect fit. He's not happy there. And you know, everybody talks about defense. Everybody says, "Oh, well, he's not a good defender." Well, two things. One. Everybody said that about Tim Hardaway Jr. too. And, you know, when he actually gave his best effort this year, he looked fine on defense. Now, he's small. He couldn't do anything against Paul George because of his size, but that wasn't for lack of effort. Well, um, he didn't do anything against Paul George. <laughs> but you, you got to take into consideration the situation that people people are in, players are in, because – there was a lot of stuff talked about Tim Hardaway Jr. after the trade, and he was one of the most important pieces for the Mavs this past season. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to damn Buddy Heald for his defensive efforts in Sacramento. <laughs> let's, get him, let's get him on the Mavs, and then, you know, he'll improve from there. So that's my Well, here's another thing about that, too. Look how much better – 
Luca made Tim Hardaway Jr. last season. And think about how much better Luca can make Buddy Heal. Right. So. Yeah, and, and look, Buddy Healed, his extension kicks in this offseason. So he's going to be making about $24 million per year if you do the normal average. But it's not, you know, it's not as big as it seems because it's descending. So by the time the fourth year comes around, he's actually going to be making like $17, 18000000 It's It's actually a really good contract in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. I don't have any problem with it. Now, I'm trying to – before I mention this next guy for my second realistic trade, I'm looking up his contract real quick. I'm making sure he isn't a – well, no, he is a <laughs> – he's a free agent, so I'm not going to – I'm not going to even talk about him. That We'll save that for another, another day. But another guy I think that is – realistic or at least I think it's realistic the Mavs could get into the conversation for is another offensive wing that you don't particularly like Matt but I've already written about him wrote about him around the trade deadline earlier this season and that's Zach Levine Uh, because I don't know it just feels like he's he's so good offensively and he's so athletic and but he's just not cut out to be the number one guy on a team to help a team win. Now, as a number two, as a number three, he's that's probably his best, you know, his best spot. And I could see, you know, the Bulls deciding to blow things up this summer and the Mavs getting in on that. So what do you think about Levine? Uh, you know my stance on that. I'm not a Levine fan. Um He's talented. I know Buddy Heald has has had his issues as far as being upset and whatever. But to me, Zach Levine's have been way worse. Um, he seems to me like kind of a cancer. Um, not necessarily to the level of like Rondo or something like that, but yeah, it's not Rondo. I would. How would I? It's more instead of a cancer, like a diva. Would that yeah. be a better word? Yeah, I just – he's just not – I just don't think he's a good fit. Um, he needs the ball in his hands a lot. And that's just that's just not for me. I, I, I can't see how that would work. I mean, it, w- it wouldn't be bad. Let me preface it by saying that. It wouldn't be a bad move. It's just not a move that I think would make them substantially better which is the kind of trade that I would want to make this summer is if it would make them substantially better. Yeah. And as for the, my third one, I mean, I, I've really – I haven't thought too much about trades, but I guess I'm going to cheat on this one a little bit because the guy I was going to mention a while ago was Serge Ibaka. And I think if you did some kind of sign-in trade with Toronto, which I don't, I don't think the Mavs would have to do that, but – if they did have to, you know, make some room and maybe send DeLon right back to Toronto or something like that, uh, in my opinion, if you're going to play KP at the five, if you have a tough, gritty guy like Serge Ibaka at the four, who's a two-way player, you know, he's, he's good on offense and defense, I think that would be a really good, really good fit for him, for the Mavs and for Ibaka. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I've wanted Ibaka for a while now. Um, He's what they need. He's yeah, that type they, they of a guy like that. Um, I don't know what it would take. I think they could probably, if he's a free agent, they could probably find a way to get him. If that's how they want to spend their money this summer, I'm fine with that. Um, it'd be preferable to, to move DeLon and, you know, create that little bit of extra room to maybe get another guy in an MLE or something. But Oh, and by the way, <laughs> I was scrolling down through these and I actually saw Duffy – underscore Brian, he actually asked, would you do a sign and trade for Ibaka? So that that's nice. <laughs> Covers, one. Yeah, yeah, two for one there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because he said the Mavs won't have enough cap room to sign him outright. That's what I figured. And let's see, what would you give up? So, yeah, that that's probably – if Toronto would take, you know, those filler players that I was talking about, like if they – if they could send Alon Wright and maybe Justin Jackson together, and then you end up giving one of your picks, if that's enough to get it done, because I mean Ibaka's an unrestricted free agent, so he could just leave for nothing. Uh, so you'd think the Raptors might want to get just something uh, before he walks out the door. So yeah, I I'm all for Ibaka. I think they need that that tough presence. He's he's got that that dog mentality. Uh, and I mean, I, I could really see that being a great fit for both sides. So, all right, <clears throat> moving on. This is Amar. He said, would you double down on the offense and just bring in more shooters and players who can create shots? Or would you rather look to bring in as much defense to complement the offense we already have? Ideally, you would bring in guys that can do both, but it's not really realistic. You want to take this one? Yeah, um, for me, it's um, ideally you want both because, like, you want to get a guy that can do both because um, as good as their offense was, there was times when you're just like, oh, my God, these guys can't score. Um, They don't have enough options, whatever. Other times it's like, what is going on? These guys can't miss. I want to – for me, it's I want to get more scores and figure out the defense later. Um, that's always been my mentality as far as um, acquiring players. I want shooting, 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 and more shooting. Um, right. So And look, that, that was the thing. Question, that's a really tough question because they were horrendous on defense a lot of times, especially in the bubble. And um, yeah. so I would go shooting. Personally. Well, I will say this, if you were going to, you know, try to do both, a realistic option, in my opinion, say the Buddy Heald idea happens. Like, you know, say they add him. He's obviously one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Uh, he would get even more wide-open looks next to Luca. That would be awesome. But then the Mavs are left with, you know, hardly any cap space. Uh, but they will have the MLE, the full M- MLE, which I believe I have to look it up. But if you're if you're an over the cap team, I think it's like up to nine million. You have to correct me on that if I'm wrong. But I think that would be enough to get a guy like Crowder, Jay Crowder, bring him back to Dallas. You know, he, 
Yeah, because I mean he he's an, he's kind of it's like it's kind of like the Ibaka idea, you know, getting somebody that's tough. Uh, he's uh, Jay Crowder. <laughs> it's funny because ever since the Mavs traded him away, he has been on one playoff team after the other, getting tons of experience. Uh, he's regarded as one of the tougher guys in the league. So, I mean, that'd be great to have a, a Jay Crowder reunion. And then that way you're adding uh, even more shooting power with Heald. And then you've got a guy like Crowder who's improved his three-point shot. He's not a great three-point shooter, but, uh, you know, he shot about 40% after he was traded to Miami. And he's still a really good defender. So, I could see that being a realistic option. But yeah. Okay. So, Austin Lamb, he said, how do the Mavs legitimately improve the 2020 roster without overwhelming the 2021 cap? Obviously, Giannis is a long shot, but overall the free agency class next year is much stronger. Well, Austin, like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm just not concerned with the 2021 cap space at all. I mean, that's just, that's just where my mindset is. I think the Mavs have to go for it this summer. You can't – they can't sit on their hands like they did last summer and waste or potentially waste. I mean, I'm not saying they wasted this year. I'm just saying it could have been much better had they been more, you know, proactive last summer. So, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I don't have really anything to add to that. I totally agree. I don't think you can – get yourself into a situation where you're always waiting for next summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, look. And and try and save up for a summer that's got a whole nother season in front of it. You have to prepare for the next season and then worry about that summer when it gets here. Yeah. And I mean, look, it's the same concept when we were talking about Ibaka and, you know, a potential sign and trade. Well, if Giannis – if we get to the summer of 2021 and Giannis says, I want to be a Dallas Maverick, I want to play with Luka and KP. If we get to that point and the Mavs don't have cap space, enough cap space to sign him, you have to think about it. Milwaukee, they're about to lose a multiple-time MVP who's arguably the best player in the league, aside from Kawhi. I mean, that's huge. That's colossal. They're going to they're gonna want something to at least fill the void temporarily. I have no doubt that they'd be able, you know, the Mavs would be able to send salary back to Milwaukee in a scenario like that to make the cap space. It all starts with the player wanting to play with your team. <laughs> so, and I mean, we saw it with the most recent – Example is Jimmy Butler. He wanted to go to Miami. Miami was capped out. Uh, the Sixers knew they were about to lose him, and so they worked out a deal to where they sent Josh Richardson and other pieces, and it worked. And they had a – you know, they even had a, a couple other teams in there take pieces from them and make it work. So, it's doable. Y'all don't stress worrying about cap space. I promise it's going to be okay. But, anyway. <laughs> Okay, Daniel, he asked us, is Luca going to work on his free throws this summer or this offseason? Daniel, yes. I think that's going to be the main focus alongside him trying to improve his three-point shot as well. <laughs> that, that's, my, uh, 
my clean cut answer there. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you could you could see Luca was visibly upset with his free throws this year. Um, and when a guy like that is is upset about something, you know he's going to spend all summer working on it. I have no doubt about that. He's going to try and find the parts of his game that were his weakness this year and make them better. And that's so, top. Well, you know, even even though he still had his struggles, his rookie season he shot 71% from the free throw line on almost seven attempts per game. This season he upped his free throw attempts per game to 9.2, and he raised his, field, his uh, free throw percentage to 76%. So that's encouraging. I think it will only get better with repetition. And, I mean, if he just gets – if he can get up to that 80 to 85 range and his three-point shooting, you know, he shot almost 33% last year. It was down to 31.6 this year. Uh, I mean, if he can even get to league average, which is 35%, it's unreal to think about what his numbers are going to look like. <laughs> He's already putting up just unreal numbers as it is. So – I mean, I just – I can't even imagine what Luca's going to look like next year if he comes back with a consistent free throw uh, free throw form and three-point form. It's, it's going to be – it's not going to be fair is what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to keep getting better. There's only so many ways he can get better. 21 years old and averaged almost a 31-point triple-double against the Clippers in a six-game series. Just unreal. On a bum ankle. Can't say enough good things about Luca. <clears throat> All right. Let's see. This is from Andrew. Andrew says, Mavs need a defender like Marcus Smart. What's your best and most comfortable offer to the Celtics for Smart? They value him, so it would have to be good. Maybe Maxie plus Brunson plus Pick is where I'm at with this trade idea. What do you think? Uh, I would consider Brunson um, only because Marcus Smart replaces some of the things that he can do as far as a ball handler and that kind of thing. Um, but I would hate to lose Maxie's rim protection. Seems, now, like a, seems like a lateral move, adding Maxie to it. Yeah, and I, I just – he's such a fixture in Boston at this point. I don't know if they'd consider doing that at all. He's a much improved three-point shooter. I remember I used to make jokes because before he became a good three-point shooter, every time he played the Mavs, he'd go like five for five or something <laughs> completely out of character for him. But now he's doing it to everybody. So, kudos to him. He's a very good player. I'd love to have him on the Mavs. I don't know if I'd give that much, but even with that, you know, like you said, the Celtics value him. So, even if I was willing to give that up, I don't know that the Celtics take it. But I like your thinking, Andrew. I, I definitely think he's the type of player uh, the Mavs need to be looking to add. Just maybe not on – maybe not quite on Smart's level. Maybe somebody, you know, a little bit cheaper than that. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so this is Tommy. 
Tommy, he just he lists some players here, so I'm guessing this is just like a yes no kind of deal. Would we would we like the Mavs to chase these players? Uh, so free agents, yes or no on Joe Harris? I'm saying yes. Oh God, a thousand percent yes. <laughs> I love Joe Harris. He's a, I would even since he's an unrestricted free agent. If the Mavs can't do anything on draft night, you know that's worthwhile. <laughs> Worthwhile, I would go into free agency. Like I, I would be so ecstatic if they ended up with Joe Harris. <laughs> if it, it's kind of like it's almost like a buddy healed type of thing with Joe Harris. So yes, definitely. All right, Davis Bertans, Bertans, however you pronounce it. Uh, that that's one that I don't know uh, how to pronounce, but. Again, yes, gimme, gimme. Yes, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. You know, I can – if you put him, which he doesn't have the rim protection that that Maxie has, but if you put him at the four with KP and the Mavs are healthy, they probably score 150 a night, (laughs) which I I might be, you know, overstating that a little bit, but it feels like that's what would happen. But anyway – all right, Danilo Gallinari, he's an unrestricted free agent. I uh, say yes. <laughs> well, I yeah, I, I just – obviously, yes, for all the reasons we've been saying before, but – He's going to be too much. Right. I don't think – this isn't – Gallinari isn't a situation where it's the same thing as Giannis, where it's if he wants to come, he's going to come, because I don't yeah. think – demands that kind of, you know, um, attention necessarily. He's a great shooter. I feel like he – I know he doesn't, but I feel like he shoots like 95% from three um, just by watching him because I feel like he never misses. But it's – it would be a dream scenario for this summer for me if they got him. I just don't think that they're going to be able to. Yeah, and it's kind of the same thing with uh, Bertans and uh, Joe Harris, too. I kind of think as much as we would love those players, I think they're gonna, it's going to kind of be out of the Mavs' price range for this summer unless they can, you know, just find a team to take, say, DeLon and Justin Jackson and, you know, clear enough cap space to sign one of those dudes. But anyway, the last guy on his free agent list is Bogdan Bogdanovich. And – I mean, obviously, yes, we'd love to have him. But like I said, he's a restricted free agent. If you make him an offer, then it takes up three days where you can't do anything and the free agent free agency pool, you know, dries up. And they're still probably going to match because that's, that's the Kings' top priority this summer. So, I or this offseason. <clears throat> Hold on just yeah. a second. Got to wait for this. There goes an ambulance. Okay. <laughs> didn't want didn't want people to hear sirens and think something was going on. Anyway. <clears throat> but, okay, so here's an interesting scenario with Bogdanovich, Matt. I saw somebody say this the other day. I can't remember who said it. But after I put out my buddy healed piece, somebody said, how about we, you know, offer Bogdanovich a huge offer? You know, even if it's something where we had to make cap space to be able to afford it. But we offer him a huge offer 
and we kind of play the Kings to where it's like, okay, if you accept, then you, you're going to pretty much have to trade Buddy Heald, whether he asked for a trade or not. Uh, if you don't, you get Bogdanovich. <laughs> a win-win situation. Uh, what do you think about that idea? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine with me. It's just <clears> – I don't like restricted free agency. No, restricted free agency is terrible. But the thing is, there's, there's a third scenario in there where neither one works out. And you make an offer to um, Bogdanovich and, you know, the Kings are forced to trade Buddy Heald to match, but maybe they don't trade him to you. Maybe they trade him to somebody else. Yeah. So that's too big of a risk in my opinion. I would but, rather just go after Buddy Heald and, and call it a day. But if they could get Bogdanovich, I would be Amazing. Because he's also, like, really tight with Luka, and, you know, there'd be some instant chemistry there, just like there would be, you know, if they went after Drogic this summer since he's an unrestricted free agent. So, uh, And then for Tommy, his one trade that he put out there was Joe Ingles for THJ – Wait, yeah, Joe Ingles for THJ after the opt-in, if THJ opts in. I like that, but I don't know why Utah would do it. Yeah, Joe Ingles is so important for them, for what they do. Um, I don't see them making a deal like that unless you attach the first-round pick. And I don't know if I'd want to attach the first-round pick to get Joe Ingles. Yeah. Okay, so going off of that, uh, this is – uh, it just says Finn. So, Finn, we're answering your <laughs> your question. I don't know if that's your name or not. But anyway, it says, what's a realistic number for re-signing THJ this year? Uh, and then he asks if there's any interest in stealing Melton from Memphis, too. So, uh, okay, so on the first one, and we know because of what Mark Cuban said, you know, recently about – or earlier in this year when I asked him about potential interest, and he basically said that he knows THJ wants to be back and that he can see uh, THJ being around for a long time and all that. So there's mutual interest in an extension. I don't know if it'll happen this summer, especially with everything that's, you know, that's going on with Corona and the cap might be a little bit out of whack. And we just don't know yet what that situation is going to look like completely. But, a realistic number if they did is like say he opted out and signed an extension or say he even opted in and signed an extension like Dwight Powell did last summer. I think it would be around the – realistically, I think it would be around what he's making now, if not a little bit, you know, lower. And hopefully lower because as good as Hardaway Jr. is – I don't think he needs to be paid as your third best player, you know. So, that's yeah, where I'm at. We talked about this a while back in one of our pods. Um, but I would be fine bringing him back. I just don't want to pay him any more money than he's making right now. Yeah. He's worth what he's making right now to me. But anymore, and it starts getting a little bit more questionable. Yeah, so, like, we talked about Kelly Oubre earlier about being a, you know, a good option for the Mavs off the bench. And he makes around $15 million a year. I, I would be okay with that. I'd be okay with 
Tim Hardaway Jr. making fifteen million a year for the next, you know, two or three years. So that that's where I would be comfortable at with him going forward. And then that also I think that also gives you, you know, a more tradable contract too, especially as well as he's been playing in Dallas. So all right. This one says, would you trade, and this is spicy. This is a spicy one. And I, <laughs> I don't want you to, you know, just completely bury me for my answer on this. But uh, OGFFan99 says, would you trade KP in a package for Giannis if the Bucks wanted him? And Matt, as much as I love KP – if the Bucks decide, like if Giannis turns down his extension and the Bucks decide, oh crap, we're going to trade him before he just leaves next summer. And they said, okay, we'll trade him to Dallas, but we have to have KP in return. I don't know that I can say no to that. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit iffy because, you know, there's four years, four years left on KP's deal and you only get one year with Giannis so it's a little bit of a risk but man I don't think like if Giannis I'm a hundred percent in my head I'm 100 percent sure that if Giannis came to Dallas through a trade he would re-sign after playing a year with Luka I have no doubt in my mind so that's where I'm at I as as much as I love KP and as much as I you know would hate trading him just a year after they got him I have to say yes Matt where are you at for me it's a big risk um unless unless you are absolutely and not you i mean the mavericks are 1000 percent sure that giannis is going to resign you can't make the deal because if you do trade kp and then giannis is like well i knew i told you i'd sign like with Kawhi with toronto I know they won a title and that was wonderful, but they're never going to get back now. Right. Because he walked and went to LA. If that happens to the Mavericks, I, sure. They win a title. That's great. I would be but, super happy. But to me, it's not worth it because I still think you can get there with KP um, and maybe another guy. Here's the thing though, Matt. Here, and here, here's where I say yes and why I don't think it's as much of a risk as the Toronto Kawhi thing. You have Luka Doncic, and I mean, Pascal Siakam, he's great. He's one of the, I mean, he's probably a top 20, top 25 player in the league right now, you know, just given how he's playing, played throughout the regular season. But he's not Luka Doncic. You put, you put Giannis with Luka in Dallas – and I, I just have – there's no doubt in my mind that he's re-signing. So, I, understand. I just don't – I totally I understand don't, that. Yeah. My thing is, you don't know for sure. You don't, but – And that, that room <laughs> for doubt, if, Luke, if, if for some reason they do that and then Gianna says, well, actually, I want to go play with Steph and Clay and – gold whatever like it doesn't matter if he decides to go anywhere else you're stuck with Luca by himself which you'll still be a good team obviously as we've seen 
It'll just be more of what we saw in the playoffs. But you're not going anywhere because as good as Luka is, as good as any player in this league is, it'll be very tough in the West to get anywhere if that even if there's there's a point zero zero one percent chance in the back of Giannis's mind that he's thinking he's going somewhere else. Well, let me it's let me big also, for me because that is the next four years that you've just wasted. Well, and I'll say this: if we're talking about risk, there was a lot of risk when they traded for KP. Now, in hindsight, that package they sent was next to nothing, but. I remember those reports coming out, whether it was from KP or KP's camp or whoever it was from, saying that he was threatening to take the qualifying offer, you know, if he didn't get sent where, you know, one of his top destinations, which at the time it wasn't the Mavs. So they technically, you know, took a risk on trading for KP, not just because of the injury right. uh, questions, but, you know, for that reason too. So, Donnie's not above taking a risk. And, I mean, when you're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hold on, hold on, hold on. For me, and, again, this is just me, I guess, but trading Dennis Smith Jr., who was floundering with Rick Carlisle, and a bunch of old vet stuff that wasn't going to stick around long term is much different than trading a guy that you have locked down for the next four years that's, you know – second first second or first team all nba caliber it's healthy yes but still that's much different well that's just that's just my personal opinion and i understand your side of it too and i understand that there's a lot of people that would you know feel the same way as you do but just my personal opinion with how i feel about Giannis, i think it would be as close to a sure thing for a championship as you can get uh, especially since the roster would basically, you know, you'd still have Seth Curry. Uh, you could still have Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, the the Maxi, you know, the some of the key pieces from this year. But if you're just swapping KP for Giannis, it makes them an instant title contender. And I just don't know that I could turn that up. But anyway, it's very t- for me, it's it's not. <laughs> I, and it's probably look. Let's let's just be honest. It's probably not going to happen, but it's interesting to think about nonetheless. So, all right, Matt. And this is the final question. I made it last on purpose because I know you're passionate about the <laughs> about the answer. Uh, y'all went back and forth on Twitter about it and everything. But anyway, Tyler asks, "Would you trade Christoph Porzingis if it meant?" Bradley Beal coming to Dallas. Am I going first? I'll go first. You know what? Yeah, you uh, go my, first. My, my answer is not very long because – okay, for me, the whole point of trading for Bradley Beal is because you want to get a third star. Because Bradley Beal is not good enough of a second star – in the West to challenge Kawhi and Paul George or LeBron and AD or, you know, something like that, in my opinion. So the whole point of getting him is to get a third star. And for the Mavericks, that is also the whole point of getting him is to get a third star because they already have two. And they already have two that work really well together and they know they play well together 
and it works. They just need to build around them. If you trade KP for Bradley Beal, you're essentially saying, okay, we have two really good players again, but we're still kind of in the same boat where our two players aren't as good as these other contending teams, you know, two good players combined. Right. And that's where it falls apart for me. I would love to have Bradley Beal. I think he's great. He's probably a more complete and reliable player than KP. That's fine. I don't care. It's not good enough to beat the Lakers and beat the Clippers, and that's what matters. Giannis would be good enough. Yes. Giannis would make you the best team in the NBA, hands down. I don't care that the Warriors are coming back next year with Steph and Clay, or, you know, Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie, whatever. It's that makes you the best team in the NBA. Bradley Beal puts you maybe a little bit ahead of where you are right now as a seven seed, and that's it. And that's where it falls apart. I don't care that Bill Simmons said it. I don't care who said it. It just doesn't make logical sense to me. Maybe that's me being misinformed or an idiot or whatever, but that's just how I feel about it. Well, no, and I look, my short answer to the question is no. I, I wouldn't trade KP if it meant Bradley Beal coming to Dallas. But the one thing I disagree with you with, I do think he's good enough to be a second option. But like you said, I think it's a lateral move because I don't think it gives you any more of a chance against some of these other amazing teams in the West than it no, does no, no. with Luke and KP. I said oh, he's good enough. Okay. I just don't think he's a good enough second option to make you better than the Lakers. And right. Okay, well, yeah, we're on the same page there then. So, here's the thing. If, I, if I'm going to trade KP, like I mentioned before, it's not going to be for anybody other than Giannis. And even then, there's risk because you don't know if Giannis is going to sign back. Bradley Beal, he's got a couple more years on his deal, so it, it wouldn't be as big of a risk. But the thing is – like you said, that's the, that's the biggest argument against it is the Mavs need to add that third guy. They don't need to trade their second guy for another second guy. <laughs> you know, There's so. There's another second guy available that's going to make you better than those two except Giannis, and that's just the and, and another argument that, you know, that I've been thinking about for this particular question is even though Bradley Beal is amazing and statistically – you know, he was better than KP this year. But I would argue from about the end of February through the bubble play before he got injured, I would argue that KP was on the same level, if not better than Bradley Beal with the way he was playing. He was playing at an all-NBA level, you know, starting at the end of February after he got his feet under him because, it, you know, it had been almost two years since he had played. It took him some time to get used to the speed of the game again. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that it was just a meniscus injury in the playoffs because that's not near as significant as, you know, some other stuff that could have happened to his knee. I just don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think the longer he spends with Casey Smith and the training staff, and, you know, they're obviously going to keep uh, managing his load during the, during the season. And Luca, he's proven that he's good enough that, you know, <laughs> as long as the rest of the roster has – relatively good health they'll be able to navigate through a 
a regular season with, you know, with ease, in my opinion. They'll be able to secure a playoff spot easily. But I think if he's fully healthy in the playoffs, that he helps you just as much, if not more, than Bradley Beal. That, that's just where I'm at. Now, I love, I've been on the Bradley Beal train, <laughs> you know, because I've written about him so many times. I've been on the Bradley Beal train for so long. I, I desperately want him. But the trade package that I'd be willing to give up, which is basically anybody and every pick but <laughs> Luca and KP, I still don't know if it would be enough for Washington. But And there's a couple other things here for me, too. One, KP, yeah, he does have the injury concern, and that's never going to go away unless he pulls like a Matthew Stafford and goes like 10 years without getting hurt. Um, and plays in every single game with, you know, but that's not going to, I don't think that's a possibility just because of the way his body works. Um, but he's still, he's younger than Bradley Beal. I think he has still hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he can be. Oh yeah. That's, that's another thing to improve. Bradley Beal is who he is and he's not going to get any better. I don't think he's already almost 28 years old. Yeah. He's in his prime. He's as good as he's going to get, which is a very, very good player. Yeah. But those two things, like, KP still has another level he can reach. KP, then, KP is about two or three years away from being in his full prime. Right. And, and he, he and still it, hasn't played a full season under <laughs> – like, he, he still hasn't had a chance to have a full season of momentum under him. That's and, the thing, you know, you saw how good Luca and KP, how how much their chemistry chemistry grew and how much more comfortable KP got throughout the year. These two guys haven't even played a full NBA season's worth of games together. You know, it feels like it's been it feels like it's been a lot longer because it's been over a year or not over a year. It's been close to a year, a full year since the uh since this particular NBA season started. But that's the reality of it. They haven't, they haven't even played a full NBA season's worth of games together yet. And, and they almost look incredible. And then yeah. the last part, and this is more minor than the rest of it. If you do move off of KP for a wing, pretty much outside of Maxi, the only shot-blocking threat you have on your entire roster to protect the rim is just gone. Yeah. And he's an elite shot blocker, in my opinion. Maybe it doesn't say it statistically. I don't know. I haven't looked. No, he, he, he is one of the best shot. I think, I think he was only behind uh, – he may have been third. He was behind uh, Hassan Whiteside and somebody else. I can't remember. And if you, get, if you get rid of an elite rim protector that can also shoot threes and do anything else you need a modern-day NBA big to do – that's a huge loss because you're not going to find anyone else like that. You're just not. And yeah. you can find somebody else, maybe not as good as Bradley Beal at that position, but you can find someone close. It's easier to find that than it is to find someone like KP. You just need KP to be healthy, which is obviously a question mark. But 
Yeah. I mean, I just, like I said, love Bradley Bill. I know you love Bradley Bill. Every, <laughs> every Mavs fan out there loves Bradley Bill. But I just think, I think it's too soon to pull the plug on KP for that kind of move. Like I said, the, the only move, the only trade where I would go ahead and trade KP this early is if Giannis becomes available. And even then, you're kind of, you know, questioning it because you could potentially wait a few more months and have the trio of Luka, Giannis, and KP. So that's where I'm at on that. And, uh, I mean, unless you have – I mean, guys, that was awesome questions, a lot of good discussion. Uh, This is just the first off-season pod we've done, so there's still a lot more to come. And, I mean, it's going to be a very fun, fun off-season for the Mavs. There's so many different possibilities. There's so much stuff we didn't even talk about tonight uh, that we can going forward, especially as we get closer to the draft. But, Matt, is there anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. I'm good, too. Oh, and by the way, uh, that last question, I just saw where Tyler tagged me and something. Okay, so tonight, Matt, Southern Miss, I don't know if you knew this, but they opened their football season <laughs> in in Hattiesburg. Obviously, I'm not there because I'm not, I'm not, you know, just itching to go sit with a bunch of people during a pandemic for a football game. And this guy – posted a video said football and fire and it's the southern miss football team (laughs) running out of the end zone and this one dude said first time i'm jealous of someone covering a southern miss football game (laughs) so he kind of he kind of took a shot you know talking about the fire but i'm just looking at that crowd i'm thinking you know what maybe i should have gone because there's only like 10 people in the stands (laughs) yeah um, you should have tried covering SMU. That was fun. Oh man, I I'm I felt relief for you when you got out of that. <laughs> I loved I loved the guys that I worked with, and they were great. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about anybody. I had a great time with the, working with those guys. Just SMU as a program is is fine too. Um, but man, when there's fifteen people at a game. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like you like you're you're looking at yourself sitting in this booth, being there all day long, working your ass off, and you see like 20 people in the stands, and you're like, who am I writing this for? Yeah, I I covered Southern Miss for uh one of the SB Nation sites that covers that conference. I think it it was called Underdog Dynasty. I don't know if they're still a thing or not, but I, I started writing for them, you know, around. Uh, like uh, signing day. <laughs> and then by the time we got to like the end of the first bowl game, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. I just quit. So Mavs is, is a lot more my thing. Yeah. Professional sports are just a whole different game. College is a little more difficult for me. It's harder for me to get behind as far as covering, watching, sure. Covering can't do it. Yeah. Well, Guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Uh, like I said, we have so much more stuff coming for y'all this off season. so many more scenarios and possibilities for the Mavs going forward. They really, It would be hard for them not to improve this summer, and I think we're going to see a big difference in their activity 
this time around than we did last year. So we appreciate it. Be sure to share and subscribe on all of your favorite platforms. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days when I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ. Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's. These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lace. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar. I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of. Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar. Excited at the idea of being a true baller. Riding in the bins, a copper and pilot. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. This how we thinking like the Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.